What is up, everybody? Well, Welcome into the Next Gen Podcast. We're talking about the talk to the next generation about being the next generation. Oh yeah. Um. Well, um. Last night, uh, if you were with us, we had a lot of students. We talked about some dating, and so I know I didn't ask you guys for questions, but last night I got a ton of questions between this week and last week. Oh yeah. I've gotten a ton of questions about dating as we've talked about who and how. And so when we get to the questions portion, even though you technically some of you didn't send in these questions, you did ask them, and I think it's important to talk about. So when we get there, we're going to be talking about dating a little bit. Um, but before we get to dating, we're going to be talking about AI. So we, we do have a graphic. Um, Google got in trouble. I yeah, guess <laughs> one of their uh, one of their chat bots, which by the way, I love the picture that the pour over. If you haven't yet, go follow the pour over news. I love the the picture that they use. It's like a super fancy robot. Yeah, like some like as if that's what AI looks like fancy robot. Um, but um, but that's not what she really looks or he. he I don't know if you assign a gender to AI. I'm not going. I to just think of I robot every time I think of I AI. think of the Terminator yeah. and it kind of freaks me out. But we'll get there. Um, got in trouble because it was producing pictures that weren't accurate they weren't historically accurate so now they're in some hot water yeah. they had to apologize but ai ai is is everywhere that is like our um our new fix um and it's been it's it's been in everything um and i i don't know i, I kind of feel like ai came out of nowhere maybe i'm wrong maybe i live in a hole but i do feel like there was like suggestive things with google like, hey, is this what you're meaning to say? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Chat B, Chat GPT came along. Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel like it was gradual. I just feel like it was like, ta-da! Like here we are uh, with AI. I feel like somebody got excited and they're like, we got it, throw it in. Yeah. Go. But like a little bit, it, it freaks me out. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like AI, yeah, I grew up in the Terminator era. Okay, so I, <laughs> I grew up. Yeah. Everybody's wearing Skynet. Yeah. Night. I grew up like watching the Terminator movies and things like that, and you just got to be careful Great with technology. Um, by the way, how's your coffee? Is that good? Mm. Right into the microphone. That's nice. Oh yeah, delicious. I don't think that was there something floating in there. Um, no, we're chilling. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> it's not coffee, by the way. It's a we can't say because we're not sponsored. We're not them, sponsored. But it's a beverage. It's a beverage. That's Ener an, it's an energy drink. Energy drink beverage. beverage. It's not a schmonster. You can figure it out. Um, but if you like these mugs, mine doesn't have anything in it, by the way. Uh, but if you like these mugs, they're on our store. If you go to lhchd.org forward slash shop. So is that shirt back there. But anyways, we're talking about AI. And so mm -hmm. my question is, what about AI do you like? And what gives you the heebie-jeebies? And you can comment in. If you're watching us, you can comment in. What do you like about AI? What gives you the heebie-jeebies? What I like about AI is, like, the random fun things you can do with it. Okay. Like, there are some cool things, like... Back in the junior high days, we had a band okay. here at church for Skate Riot when it first kicked off their first ever Skate Riot launch. What was it called? That's where the fun part came in, is okay. we could not figure out a name for the band. Okay. So we literally just looked up a random AI name generator, and we just started clicking random, go, go, go. <laughs> and that's where we came up with Created Fury. Mm. Yeah, because we're like, hey, God created <laughs> us. You know, we're created in his image, but we're also, f like, we're a rock band. We're, f we're yeah. furious. Like, oh, yeah. The album comes out soon. Beautiful. So Created Fury was born off of an AI-generated wow. name, which... Look at you now. Beautiful. Like, we're seven albums deep, you know? Are you? I don't know. Did AI tell 300 you 300 million listeners monthly. Well, okay. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of listeners. Yeah. Uh, my quote-unquote band in college and i look back at the pictures that i took i know this is not related to ai at all but i look back at like the band photos we took mm -hmm. i'm just so embarrassed man oh. like we were Mine called was junior high to me How do you we think were I called did? take two funny enough one of the times that our band quote unquote led worship back in 2000 is that 2007 or 2008 was mm -hmm. actually at this church my brother was the intern here and so i have actually i actually have pictures you don't get to see them um, but i have pictures in that youth room with my band in 2008 which you were like five i was five yeah okay that's not good but anyway, <laughs> yeah my quote-unquote band was in there we we're called take two yeah i so no. my uh i work for a company called kingdom one no they're not sponsoring it but you should check. um and uh they do like videos for you know hr trainings whatever mm -hmm. it may be. and they took one of the videos of the of the cvo and Basically, and this is trippy, and like I watch these videos, it's a little bit freaky how accurate this is. But they wanted to see the video in Spanish 
and they wanted to see the video in Mandarin. And it's not just like his mouth is moving to the English, but then they have like Mandarin an overlay. No, it's like fully, no, it's they have fully generated languages straight up, now. But his mouth is moving to that language, and then they actually alter his voice. Mm-hmm. I was like, what So the it heck? sounds like he's speaking Spanish or Mandarin. Uh, yeah. It sounds like he's speaking Spanish, and his mm-hmm. mouth is moving to that. I've too. heard of a lot of actually like pastors using that now to translate further because a lot of churches especially like don't have spanish ministries and stuff like that or a person to translate and so they're using ai on like their live streams to like you can watch in different languages well but like here's my thing with that though if if somebody sees a video of you and you're just speaking fluent spanish or mandarin and then they come to your church and they walk up to you they're just gonna start speaking oh yeah well what happens if the ai like messes up like yeah. they do and all of a sudden you're like ordering a cheeseburger in chinese <laughs> and you think you're telling them about jesus yeah. i don't know like I, th- I think there's a point where it goes hey, far. Says, muy but, yeah. you're like <laughs> what <laughs> but i think i don't know like that that kind of stuff is cool i just i think you have to you know fact check it because even here like if you use auto translate for stuff in spanish here we still have to have carolina and carlos look at it because yeah. it's not necessarily the right spanish it's one of the mm-hmm. yeah there's different dialects and things spanish i spanish where it comes from there's multiple spanish spanny spanny right. <laughs> multiple spanny because there's like spain spanish there's multiple spanish um yeah. yeah yeah but anyway i thought i don't know and there's not a lot with ai that i think is cool i don't know like i haven't come across anything where i'm like man that's bad. there's a lot of potential cool. in like the workforce for it but also there's a lot of bad stuff well i think it's because i'm a graphic designer and so it makes me angry that there's just there like i've seen even yeah, a no, commercial totally... where like, if you want to have a code written for your website you can hire a developer and pay the money and whatever or just use our i our ai from ibm and i'm like there's a point where it becomes too much where you're like taking people they took your job like they're taking people's jobs away from them you've ever seen oh, south 100%. park south park futuristic well it's like you can also out. it's basically you're making your own artificial just workforce yeah where it's like you i can make a robot write i know that some people are writing like novels with ais it's yeah like you can literally just make a romantic novel an action novel like you just put in a certain set of code stuff have the algorithm do it and then now you have three books and then you publish it on amazon and now you're making a bunch of side money yeah well and that that kind of gets to the ethical side like at <laughs> what point like if you're using ai to generate things and then you're selling it is that ethically okay right like there's a lot of questions with that, and and you got to be careful too, um, because it, I mean it's going to pull f- stuff from off the internet, so you might end up plagiarizing without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, what gives you the heebie-jeebies with AI? Skynet. No, mainly like you have <laughs> Terminator, <laughs> which obviously no tech companies are named Skynet, but there's they're all doing the same thing. I mean, but um, SpaceX, Tesla. It's just a mask. They're all fronts. Um, dude, you have tons of stuff like, like just the, the example with like Google is like, they didn't tell their AI to do those things and it did it on its own. Yeah. Like it says clearly in the article too, from the poor of was like, the AI was completely okay with certain things. And you're like, that's not okay. Where it's like, now you have things in the world, like with drones and with yeah things that are, you know, that you can have your food delivered to you by drone. Yeah. Have you seen this? Man, like, or even like most cars now are coming self like self driven and all that that's stuff. And cool. you're like, I love that. But then you're also in a circumstance where like, what happens if like machines rise up, you know? Or like something just messes obviously anything can mess up and bad things can happen. Like yeah. there's always risk with everything. But it just decides like left turn right out. And you're Which like but bridge. you're like, what if like a code went out that the algorithm sent out a code like all the Teslas in like California to make a left turn. Yeah, and you're on a bridge. And everybody's driving and you're all now everybody just Yeah. I don't know. And you're yeah, like, we're done. I think it's I think my my what gives me the heebie jeebies is how reliant um people are gonna be. Oh yeah. Because I've talked like we were talking about this earlier, but I don't think the movie Wally is too far fetched. Like nope. I think especially with advancements in AI, man, there's there's too much thinking that technology does for you. Which you might think like, oh, it makes your life more comfortable. And I'm not gonna lie, like I think it is dang cool. You can be like, hey, Alexa, turn my lights off. Like, that's kind of cool, you know? Um, I have that in my room. Unless, like, you never stand up again in your life. Like, you know, and I think, like, <laughs> like I mean, you laugh, but, like, man, how many things are we reliant on uh, when it comes to AI, when it comes to, to technology itself, yeah. like, doing things for us, thinking for us? Like, I remember being a substitute teacher for an eighth grade class, 
and these kids had a math worksheet that they're supposed to be working on and they're like hey siri what's what's the square root of 837 and i'm like are you kidding me like it's not even calculators anymore kids are just no, using that photo to, math man <laughs> you just take a picture of the equation and it shows you how to solve it yeah but then like you know you you have society where they're like oh yeah we have trust issues in society and people are like yeah man i wonder why well but it's because you don't know if what you're looking at is actually real like you can tell ai hey photo take this picture and photoshop me wearing a tuxedo on a date with taylor swift and it's gonna do it Dude, and it's probably gonna stuff? look okay That's terrifying yeah <laughs> You know, like, I just, like, I don't know, like, how much I can actually trust, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think there's a limit. It, I think it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, and it's going to sneak into things that you don't even know it's sneaking No, in. it is definitely, especially I've noticed with being in school, is it's like, you can definitely coddle you to where you're like, it's, you're not learning anymore. You're just getting by because you're having all these problems solved. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I can use PhotoMath over and over again, but it's like, unless you're actually looking at how the equation's done, taking notes on it and actually trying to solve it your own problem it's like you're not helping or learning at all yeah and i think it's definitely well, coddling. it's more about it's more about passing than learning education yeah. has become more about passing than learning but but no i i agree and and again <laughs> this is a, a great question this didn't take long um and i could have kept going but what should have ai and what should have what should ai be taken away from and i just kind of looked up a list like weird applications of ai these are a few that i came up i found there's an ai toothbrush not needed. You can spend like $1,000 for this toothbrush, and it'll tell you how you can better brush your teeth. That's, this is sad. I'm yeah. sorry. This is sad. Or you can <laughs> listen to the dentist when he's like, oh, you go in circles and you spend some time. Like, I remember like being a 90s kid, like the closest AI toothbrush that we had was a, was a toothbrush that played music for two minutes, and when the music stopped, you stopped brushing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Manny knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not like, you know, I analyzed your brushing patterns, and you can improve. Like, okay. You're brushing your dang teeth. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> I don't know why, but like when I brush my teeth, sometimes I think about like this. Just might be me and the car guy. Is like I clean things on cars all the time with like brake cleaner, a wire brush. Like I think of like a bolt, and you're scraping all the rust off. Yeah. So I'm like, when I brush my teeth, I'm like, like I'll do like the same pattern on like each tooth. I thought so you were about like, to tell me that you use like brake cleaner, <laughs> cleaner on your teeth. I'm like, no. Dude, it works great. I, I use but a I'm wire like, brush. I'm gonna clean my teeth like I clean them bolts. Like sure. I don't know why my brain thinks that way. Well, because maybe you're. But in I don't need no thousand dollar toothbrush to tell me how to brush my teeth. In the back, I think in the past thirty seconds, you sounded more like Mater than I've ever heard anybody <laughs> in my life. I don't need no toothbrush. I don't need no toothbrush. Yeah, a little bit. I'll be alright. Uh, car parts over here's here. the probably the dumbest thing that I saw that had AI was a cat pain detector. And I said this earlier. First off, why do you own a cat? That's that's your first problem. Ask AI, <laughs> why do I own a cat? Um, yeah, because not needed. That's an argument for another time. Cats versus dogs. It's clearly one sided. It's all dogs. But amen. It was a Dylan once again. Amen. But there's a movie. All dogs go to heaven. Sorry, cats. <laughs> uh, it's not theologically accurate, but still. Why do you need to buy a device and be like, hey, AI, can you please tell me what's wrong with my cat? No, because AI, all they have to do is go, well, it's a cat. Yeah. That's what's wrong well, with I it. Well, I feel like it's, you could find this out just by poking it. Or just, or just let it go, you know? There's more cats. There's everywhere. They are. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, stray cats. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a cat person, but a cat pain detector. Last one that I that I saw that I wrote down is a is electric shoes, <laughs> um, that analyze your walking patterns to tell you how you can walk better. Why? Like, yes. wh why do you need to be told by some computer software how you can better? Hey, I I, I think it'd be funny though if you kind of like. If you're walking like pigeon toed all the time, if it yelled at you and like straighten your feet, like yeah, it's like a GPS, like knock it up. Yeah, it's, you could implant a chip in your brain or something like, like that. No, imagine like there's a speaker feet, on like, your shoe though, and it's like I don't know. Everybody's the, like, what the heck was and that? And the shoes. I mean, if the picture was accurate, the shoes look so dumb. Yeah. It's kind of, and it's the same thing for me with these like uh, Apple Vision Pro. Think, sorry, Schmapple Vision Pro. Got to be careful with brands. Yeah, uh, but the, yeah, those things. Like I know, I I bet. They wanted to be the first to the punch. That's why they look like that. Because who wants to wear that? Like, who wants to go outside and be like, I'm cool? Yeah, but you're wearing ski goggles everywhere <laughs> yeah. you go. Uh, yeah, but hey, no. I got the best tech. Like, I don't know. I don't know uh, if that's the why is this used for. I just, I think we're too reliant, man. And like, when you watch movies like Incredibles 2, the, the nemesis in that is the screen slate. And what's the, what's the weapon that the, that the villain uses? 
a pair of goggles that is a screen on your face. I don't know. I, I is Schmapple? Sorry if I if I if I uh, gave it away. Schmapple could be the Mark the Beast. Are they? That's I crazy. Know. I just think of Ready Player One, where like yeah. all of their real lives are just miserable and they're living in trailers, but they're all in a video game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's it's a little bit too much. For, I don't know. What what do you think needs to have AI? Like, what do you think would be a good application of AI that hasn't been done yet? I think there's a lot of, like, good use for AI in a sense where, like, self-driving cars, people that maybe need assistance with driving, things like that, are good. Like, that can definitely help people. Um, the sense of, like, AI where you're, like, Maybe you need something to like auto search for words or like you're trying to do research on just stuff like help me find the book with this word in it. And you're like, boop, there's one. And you're yeah. like, cool, that's like helpful. A starting point. Yeah, like yeah. a good starting point. But I think it's that keyword like don't rely on it is yeah. huge. Um, I think that, yeah. Like, and you mentioned like one, like the, the like driverless cars or like, you know, like that's kind of like that's a great application. I think, mm -hmm. you know, as long as the technology is there, you know, I think when you get to, I mean that what that eliminates almost like DUIs like you don't have to worry about those kinds of things and all the time and yeah and all this kind of stuff but yeah like you know I I don't artificial intelligence I just feel like artificial intelligence is going to eventually be the only intelligence and it kind of freaks me out a little bit and uh your dad and I were out you know fishing all this kind of stuff and and I, it gave me hope to see like people out there on rowing teams and like on these sailing, I didn't know this, but they have like sailboat races, but they're like little dinghies, like these super small boats. Yeah. They like fit in here with one sail, but then they're like cutting super sharp around these buoys. And the way to do that is like, they would almost let the boat capsize and then they stand up and lean and just slam. We thought that they were like almost capsizing. I'm like, man, these guys are terrible at skiing, at <laughs> sailing. Like they almost flip over every time, but they were doing it on purpose. Yeah, and so I'm totally looking at all these people that are like actually outside and like not using AI to ride their boats. There was still a drone that they were using that was like, you know, probably analyzing their, you know, how can you be better as an athlete in this area, whatever it may be, you know, with next gen cars when it comes to racing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of cool un unless it just replaces that human aspect. And I think that's what gives me the heebie jeebies is like losing that human element. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to Rich about this, uh, Pastor Rich about this last week, but I said, I, I told him, I was like, you know, I think that there's going to be like this renaissance of, um, handmade stuff. Like I think so much is gonna be auto-generated that there's gonna be almost like this revival of like handmade art. Like it's yeah. all digital and everything, but then like if it's actually painted by a real human being, like that's gonna all of a sudden get mm. this huge renaissance revival. Well, I see like ads all the time on Instagram for like, turn your photos into cartoon characters. Like AI generated this, AI generated filling your photos. Like, yeah. or you get the ads where like guys are like, if you want a job that's remote, you can work any hours, anytime you want, and I'll show you how I did it, making a million dollars last year. Clickbait. Do yeah. this, and you're like, that's complete baloney. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> no. It's like, what happened to people actually working hard? Yeah, well, and I mean, yeah, being willing to work hard and just being willing to learn on your own, being willing to think and problem solve. Like, I just think that that's the element that's going. You know, like I tossed um, someone a flyer the other day that I had made, and their immediate question was, what is this? I was like, read it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> read the flyer. Like, I, and again, like, I, I, my fear is like, that's where we're going. And I feel like such an old grumpy man. Like, here I am wearing my Marine Corps hoodie, and I'm like, man, these kids these days don't know. Like, but, but straight up, like, it's crazy. I'm just kind of worried. No, like, like hey, tell. here's a flyer with, with words on it. Well, what is it? Re what does it say? Well, I don't know. Siri, what does this say? Like, no, like, read the analyzing patterns. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can tell, is, especially man. at, like, the gym where I work, it's, like, you can tell what kids are iPad kids and what kids actually do things or, out, like, outside. Yeah. Like, I can see the kids that are actively, like, they, you know they play outside. Some of the kids have, like, farms and do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, do they excel in well, jiu-jitsu. Like, but then you have some of these kids that, you like, you know they go home and just play Fortnite all day. And these kids are absolutely the most uncoordinated well, and we people need on the to planet. Get, we need to get Caitlin on here eventually too, because man, there's so many. There are effects of, of mm -hmm. the screen use on the on the brain and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, Tay and Kennedy don't have the closest thing they have to a tablet is like a basically a gen, uh, etch a sketch, yeah, a pencil. 
It's the closest thing that you got to the tablet. And you can move the thing and it wipes. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> or the button. Yeah, they like they've got those things. Um, but we, and again, like I'm not against tablets. Don't hear me. I mean, I'm I work in graphic design. Like I'm not. Ag- I'm I'm have a tablet on my lap. However, I am for eight year olds. Again, like when when you become reliant on it and like we use that human element of being able to just think and problem solve. Yeah. Like, hey Siri, how do I get out of this escape room? Like I feel like that's where it's headed. You know. Um. Uh, gosh, and, and like obviously, like there's great applications. Like if you know astronauts are trying to come back to Earth and they they need to land at a certain spot and they need to make sure that certain things are right. Like man, that's great because mm-hmm. it's making sure that they're going to survive. You know, um, but man, like know your limitations. So for you out there, if you're using AI, don't use it to write your papers. If you're a pastor, please don't use it to write your sermons. If you're um a, a judge, which I heard about this too, if you're a judge or uh a lawyer, please don't use AI to, to determine your defense or to determine what the outcome of the case should be. Like, are you kidding? That's there was crazy. a there was a lawyer that was fired because he built his whole defense using his defense using AI, and some of it was made up stuff. That's crazy. Like, come on, like, no, you know, somebody's the life is like their hands. You're like, that's insane. Like, know the limits um, of that. I'd be and so be, bad. Beware the robot. Imagine um, you're on trial and they're like guilty because your lawyer just yeah, just heard. So anyway, we're gonna move on uh, from AI. If you, I mean, Manny, do you have anything to add? Like, what do you like that's AI back there? Got your Manny cam? Can they see you? I would say like, like the generative fill for like After Effects and Photoshop. Okay. I feel like that's cool for like productivity for people that take photos and. You're trying to take my job? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Wait, yeah. I like the ones that are going to, like, replace graphic designers one day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Productivity tools, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's cool, but just don't let it do your thinking for you. Nope. I th- it's go outside. What did you say last yeah. week? Touch some grass. Touch some grass. Go outside, yeah. get yourself into a situation, then try and figure out a way out of it. Like, just problem solve, you know? <laughs> um, I don't know. But anyway, Good moving man. on from that, uh, there's a story that came out. Again, please follow the Pour Over News. Um we're talking about generosity. Dr. Ruth Gotsman, Gotsman, Gottesman? I want to say Gotsman. Gotesman. That, that could... Gotesman. Mm. I don't know how to say it. Whatever it is, she's a former professor at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, which that's interesting because Albert Einstein was a physicist. But anyways, uh, a school of medicine in the Bronx just donated $1 billion to cover the cost of tuition for medical students Forever. forever. That's crazy. Like, I almost wish I was a medical student. I'm like, can I have some of that, please? I do. I have. Hey, is there like some distant relationship? Do you know what's crazy though to think about? Is it's just a professor donated, which means they're still alive and they're still needing to live. Yeah. Donated a billion dollars. He's got a billion dollars. Like, now here, I'll write it off on my taxes. You're like, what are you living on now? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. do you? St- that's crazy. What were you professing? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what I want to know. Like. What did she do? But anyways, uh, she's got, yeah, she, she has paid. And, and obviously, like, if you go to the pour over and you watch the video, obviously everybody's very excited when she announces mm-hmm. it. Um, but that m- makes me want to talk about generosity. And so we're talking about generosity today. We're talking about billionaires. Um, and, I mean, obviously you can be generous whether you're a billionaire or not. And we'll get to yeah. that here in a second. But what does the Bible say about generosity, right? Because I don't think anyone would question, like, was she generous? I don't know. Like, obviously, okay, she gave a billion dollars to people that she does not know and for generations to come. Like, I would say that that's pretty generous. It's pretty you know? generous, yeah. Yeah. Um, makes you want to get into medical school. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it makes me want to go. Yeah, yeah, I want to be a doctor now. Um, sorry, Rich. But, yeah, AI doctor, AI performing my surgery. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. I thought you said remove the heart. Oh. No. Um, but anyways, uh. What does the Bible say? I'm gonna. I got three verses here. Well, which one do you have pulled up? I have John three seventeen. Okay. Do you want to read John three seventeen? Yeah. No, it's First uh, John three seventeen. Is it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. If anyone, say... yeah, if anyone has, ma- I used AI to make this spot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or yeah, sister in John. need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? So what this is saying is. Your generosity is linked to the love of God that you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how can the love of God be in you if you're not willing to share what you have with people that are in need? Like, if you can look at people in, in need and go, man, that's really sad. 
Yeah. You want to go to lunch? Like, like, you know, if that, if you can do that, if you can see the, the need that's out there and you are not willing to just try whatever you can, and we'll get to what generosity means here in a minute, but just do whatever you can. Man, how could the love of God be in you? Which one are you pulling up? I'm trying to get to Hebrews. He's trying to get to Hebrews. I'm working my pages. It's in the Bible. They, yeah. I know, but yeah. this is a problem. Uh, all? It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then um, we got Hebrews, Hebrews and Shebrews. Um, so, I got Testament. Second Corinthians faster, oh, good. So good good job. All right. So Hebrews, now I have to get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's those those short um, short books of the Bible or letters, pages. Yeah, where it's All like right, Hebrews, one page, and you're like, thank you. 13, the New Testament. verse 6. I know everybody on the podcast is like, I'm just so excited. What is it? They already asked AI to read it for him. Uh, 13, 16 says this. Oh, I just hit the mic. Sorry, Manny. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's funny. I have that underlined with like a bunch of exclamation marks in my Bible. Do mm-hmm. not. You know what that means in the Greek? Don't. It means don't. Don't do it. Don't neglect to do good. Like, don't just let it sit idle by. Uh, but, man, seek out those opportunities um, to give to others, to share with one another. Um, because, man, that's what God is pleased by. Like, when he sees us caring for one another, it pleases God. And then you've got Second Corinthians 9. Yeah. Uh, 5 through 7. It says, Therefore, I consider it necessary uh, to urge the brothers to go on ahead um, to you and arrange in advance the generous gift you pr- you promised, so that it will be ready as a gift and not as an extortion. Uh, the point is this: the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, and that one is loaded with, like, the heart behind it. Yeah, where's your intent? Because I do, and we talked about this earlier, like, it's important to understand that you can give a lot of your time, talents, treasures, and not actually be generous. Because, again, like, if your heart behind it, if you're like, man, I'm going to share my money because I have to, otherwise I'm not going to go to heaven, like— God does not please yeah. by that, right? God loves a cheerful giver, and he doesn't want us to give out of compulsion. Or even like when we talked about me and Manny on the uh, the sports one, it's like if you're a major athlete donating to charity for your own self-publicity, and it's like, is your heart truly into help these kids with cancer, or are yeah. you just trying to look good? Yeah, like maybe like, I mean, let's take this woman, for example. Again, I don't think um, Dr. Ruth Gotsman, Gotsman, was was this way but if she's saying man i'm going to give this billion of dollars because i'm going to run for president and i want to look good that's not generosity like that's trying mm-hmm. to make yourself that's trying to make yeah. your name be great when obviously the, the the focus and motivation is sacrificing to god and mm-hmm. pleasing him right and so that 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 leads to being generous that leads to not being and i love that it says reluctance it's like oh yeah. like i'm not sure like i'm holding on way too tight um whereas instead instead of tight fists man we should be open-handed um with our time, our talents, our treasures. So, like, that's what the Bible says about generosity. That's, I mean, and we could go on. There's, yeah, tons, there's tons of verses in the Bible that talk about giving and being sacrificial when we give. And, uh, you know, give and it will be recorded back to you. That doesn't mean that I give so I can make a bunch of money. What that means is, man, I'm not worried about myself because I know that other people are going to be taking care of me as well, that, that other mm-hmm. people are going to be generous. And so I can be generous too, right? If you read about the, the first church in Acts chapter 2, and they were constantly giving to each other that that had need, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody had any need among them, right? They were providing for each other. They were spending time together. Uh, clearly, generosity is a biblical yeah. attribute, a godly Absolutely. attribute. But how we give, what we give, um, and the manner in which we give it, that matters, mm-hmm. right? Um, that if I give grudgingly or because I have to, that's actually displeasing. Right, like you can give a million dollars to this church, which would be really cool, by the way. But if you're doing it out of compulsion because you feel like you have to in order to get to heaven, then stop at the door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and too, where like, where do you think of like? Because I've also seen it where it's like some people give so much that it like puts themselves in bad spots, and it's like I think being wise with what God gives you and blesses you is very important as well. Yeah. Because, like, if you're obviously, you got your paycheck that's, like, 400 bucks, and you're like, I gave 390 of it to, like, all my friends to help them with this, to pay for this, do this. And you're like, yeah. and I have a dollar to live off of. Yeah. You're like. Ten bucks for yeah. the rest of my bills and for my food. And 
Yeah, and and again, like wisdom for sure, right? Uh, but that's why like we give of our first fruits. And and when we think about yeah. generosity, we automatically think of money, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, like generosity, a lot of times is tied to a monetary uh, amount. And and I'll say that like a lot of people, the word tithe means tenth, right? So a lot of people think, okay, you got to eventually give ten percent. Well, for What's... some people, ten percent's easy. Like ten mm -hmm. percent, they don't bat an eye. For some people, one percent is an extremely difficult thing to do. So. So again, like it's not tied to a specific amount. Like, okay, once you give a billion bucks, man, you're being generous. It's all tied to the heart behind it. Are you giving yeah. sacrificially? Like if you think about the woman that had two pennies that Jesus points out, she was giving what she had and she was giving in faith that God would provide what she needed, right? Well, that's sacrificial giving that, that I don't know what's on the other side of this, but I'm gonna take my first fruits before I go pay my bills, before I go do what I wanna do with my money, I want to sacrificially give what God has brought to me um, out of honor and, and investing in his kingdom, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the focus is when you're generous, you're not thinking of your kingdom. You're thinking of God's kingdom. And so that leads to this, like, what if I don't have money? Can I still be generous? Oh, yeah. I think one of the biggest things you can give is your time and your efforts. Um, especially, like, in ministry, it's a huge thing where it's like some places, like, yeah, they don't, yeah, obviously we could use a lot of money to help pay for the building, to help pay for ministries, things like that. But it's like a more important need is like, can you just help with the kids ministry? Yeah. Can you just help hand out goldfish to these kids? And that's ultimately way more valuable than here's a hundred bucks to the children's ministry. Or it's like, if you can actually just give an hour a week of your time on Sundays to help with the day school, to help with this, it's like one of those things where, yeah, like you said, it's not just about how much you can give of your money. It's your time, your efforts, where your heart is. Yeah. Um, well, and especially with your time. And, and I would say, mm -hmm. like, if we think of, like, the whole, you know, alliteration of time, talent, treasure, like, sure, we're tight-fisted on our treasures, like, the things that we like. Absolutely. You know, if somebody came to me and they wanted to borrow um, something that I value, like, that might be tough, right? Uh, or maybe, like, somebody comes to me and, and they want some right? That might be tough. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do really feel like we are hyper protective of our time. Like, I, I would say that maybe one of the things that we are most tight fisted on uh, in terms of just freely giving it to others mm -hmm. might be our time. And, Absolutely. And, um, and and I, I see that a lot with athletes. I see that a lot with people that work. I mean, obviously, if you work all week, and you have Sunday off, like, Maybe you don't want to give of your time to come to church and serve some kids or, or serve some uh, young adults or whatever. Maybe don't want to teach a Bible study because you're tired. Like, I think that we are are hyper tight fisted on on all three of those areas, especially our time. Because man, how many times do you you ask somebody how you're doing and they say I'm just busy? Hey, how's life going? Busy. Got so much going on. Like, high schoolers are way busier now than I ever was. Mm -hmm. You know, like everybody just has. Yeah, dude, I know so some high schoolers working like two part-time jobs on top of school. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're going to have your whole life to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's crazy. Well, somebody said, I mean, there's a movie um, that I, I really like, but they say that's why that's that's why it's called the human race. You know, like that everybody's just moving and just going after stuff and like going after a lot of money that they never have time to spend. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that we just, we, we fill our schedules so much. We have product. I mean, one of the major, one of the main um, areas that we see AI being used is in productivity of how can we more maximize your schedule to make sure you can do more in a 24 hour yeah. period. Like, and time is something that is manipulated for so much that like, Hey, if you pay this, you'll have more of your time. Right. Like AI might not necessarily bring you a bunch more money, but maybe AI will save you more time, right? Like I yeah. don't have to do this as much. Because ultimately too, like you can make as much money as you can. You can work as hard as you can, but ultimately there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. There's only 300, well this year, 366 days in a year, but yeah. <laughs> like. Happy leap year, by the way. Yeah, happy leap. That's, that's, that's a big day. Yeah, that's leap crazy. Day, yeah. Everybody um, go leap. Kennedy but, actually asked this morning, like, what do we do? Do we hop? <laughs> um, we gotta love the four-year-old questions that, i love yeah, it i get that but yeah you can't like that's one of the biggest things is like there's only so much time in the day to do things yeah well and again like the question is the the i mean if, if it says the lord loves a cheerful giver and like cheerful giving of your time mm -hmm. like hey if let's say that the the you know you've got an old tv that you don't use but the, the church could really use a screen or or you you got an old couch and and this family like you know they just had a fire and you've got a bunch of furniture that you don't need like giving of your treasures generously 
it's not just money. And like money is important because money, unfortunately, ministry costs money, right? Uh, and I mean like missionaries need money to, to live and to mm-hmm. do the ministry that they're doing. The church needs money to do outreach and, and to, to do youth ministry and kids ministry. Like all that stuff costs money, yeah. right? Uh, naturally, that costs money. And, and, if, and they expect there to be some sort of product on a Sunday morning, not realizing that it does cost money. So yes, like of course, we're talking about generosity with money. But really, when you're giving of your money, there's this phrase of like, oh, giving back to God. It's already God's. Like everything that we have is already his. And so we're taking what he has given us and investing it in his kingdom, mm-hmm. right? Like if you think of the, the, the parable of the talents, the one who's given five, the one who's given two, and the one who's given one, that was the master's money that they took and invested. That's exactly what we're doing. That, that God, everything we have is from God, mm-hmm. and we are taking it and investing it in his kingdom on his behalf. It's not like the man who hid it. And he's like, well, I don't know. So I'm going to go hide this. No, like if God has given it to you, your responsibility in stewarding that is to invest it in his kingdom, right? Absolutely. And, and trusting that he will take care of, truly trusting that he will take care of you, that, that he hasn't failed you yet. Mm-hmm. And so why would he in the future? And that might be with your time. Like you might get to the end of your day and like, man, I don't know how I'm going to, like even currently right now, like I know how much stuff I've got to get done today. But tonight I'm going to be doing something pretty special with my daughter. And it can be easy for me to be like, oh, got to push that back because I've got a lot to get done. But man, I need to trust that, that there are more important things, right? That I can give of my time to invest in, in the ministry of my own home, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of being a good father. I can invest, like last night, you did me a solid by getting worship practice started. I was upstairs for an hour fielding people's questions. Now, it could have been easy for me to be like, sorry, guys, I got to go and claim that I was doing kingdom work because I had to go do worship practice. But that was neglecting those that had needs, those that had questions that they needed to answer. Like, are you fully present? Because I love those people that, I mean, your dad, I would say, is one of these people that they truly make you feel like you are the most important person in the world. That, that they might have a thousand things going on. They might be exhausted. But if, if you're going to sit down and talk with them, they're, you would never know, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's, that's the kind of person I want to be. Like, that's the person that's truly generous with their time. Yeah, that they that they care more about other, and I think that's what's at the root of it is who you care most about. Do you care most about yourself, or do you care most about the needs of others? Right, uh, and that's tough. You know, that's it is. that's really tough. Um, but that that next question is: Is it possible to give without truly being generous? Um, and why is and again, like why is generosity so important to God? Um, we're not going to read it, but we've got. And the story of in, in Acts chapter five, you have the story of Ananias and Sapphira, and, and to kind of give a spark notes of what that. Well, you want to give a spark notes of what that story is? Let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so basically, Ananias and Sapphira they had land, right? And it was one of those things where ultimately they were selling it, but they kind of profited off of it. So they got more than they, I guess they thought they were going to get. Uh, but when they ultimately went to give it back to the church and give it to God, it was one of those things where it was instilled in the law that they were supposed to give their amount to the, the, the church back. Um, but they were like, no, we have better ideas. Yeah. And so they made uh, more money off of it, but then they, they kind of set it to the side. Um, but then when they approached the church and they, they came to them, they're like, is this what you made? Like, is this the money that you, all that you got? And uh, they were like, nope. And I think one of the craziest things was, they lied straight to their face, and it was, yeah. like, really crazy to think of. Um, but they got, dropped dead. They got punished for it because as soon as it happened, he immediately knew, boom, dropped. And I think one of the craziest things, too, is the husband first, yep. which I think is very big and important to think of. Mm-hmm. Um, he went first, um, and he suffered for the consequences, the wife dropped dead. Know. Then they picked him up, carried him out, and then the wife came in, and she said the exact same thing because they're like, are you saying, did you have all the money? Are you giving it to us? And she said, yep, drop, drop right there too. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, I don't want you to hear this story and think, like, man, God's going to kill me if I don't give to the church. Like, that's not what this is saying. Obviously, God doesn't need money. The issue is here is that they were blatantly lying yeah. to God in his minute, right? Like, and it wasn't, like, the amount, like, did you, is this everything you made? Like, obviously, like, they kept money to pay their bills, like, mm-hmm. to get their food, those kinds of things. But it, it's in the fact that they secretly set aside some and then went, and they're like, yeah, this is the whole offering that we have. 
when that was not true. And and why does God take that so seriously? It's because when you are giving, we're investing in his kingdom. And if you're willing to to drag his name through the mud like that, if you're willing to to blatantly mm-hmm. lie um to the church about your generosity to look great. And 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 the thing is like the reason why they did that was because they saw other people doing that and they're like, well, we've got property too. Let's do the same thing. And so again, like what's the motivation behind them? The motivation that they were using was all about them. It was it was mm-hmm. holding back stuff for them. It was doing this to get it to get to to have an image about themselves. Uh, and what happened? A huge, they dropped dead. A huge test of faith too, because yeah. I I related back to um in uh, Exodus when all of the Israelites were out in the wilderness, and God was like, "Don't store manna for the next day. Yeah. Don't harbor it. Like take what you need for that day, and then move on." And it's one of those things where God will provide for you. He will take care of you. Um his intentions aren't always to give you an abundance. Right. Some people he is very generous with. Yes. Um, like the lady that donated a billion dollars to the school. Yeah. Um, but if all your intentions are is seeking that self reliance, seeking that self wealth that you're like, well, I don't know if God's going to take care of me tomorrow. So I'm going to set myself up now. It's one of those things where it's like, I think they were definitely putting their faith in themselves but on top of that, then they were blatantly going against God's laws in the church at that time. And, well, and, and wealthy people exist to take care. Like it says, and if you have been to, to much, who's been given much will be required. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to those who've been given much, much will be required. Right. And so I think like if, if you are given the seasons where you have a lot of money, don't think of like, man, how great, like I can hoard all this for me, man. Think about how you can, you can go forward and benefit the church. You know, I think about, you know, Carlos um, working basically full time for our church, but doesn't really take a salary for the right mm-hmm. he gives a lot of his t- a lot of his talent and a lot of his treasure to the church you know um and and again like the motivation behind that why it's not so that way they can look great it's not so that way, it's not because they feel like they have to and like oh god's gonna make me drop dead it's because man what's most important to me is seeing god's kingdom and so if i can give of my time if i can give my talents if i can give my treasures and that can somehow bring about more people getting to know who jesus is the church expanding to the to the far reaches of the earth so that way we can one day be in Jesus's kingdom with him like you how you act with your time talents and treasure says a lot about whose kingdom you value most right that mm-hmm. would that you'll put your money in the things that you value right yeah uh, and unfortunately a lot more people give of their time and their treasure to Netflix and Disney plus and all that than they do the church that they that they have a recurring um amount taken out of their account every single month for all these streaming services or AI services or whatever, because it benefits them. But then you ask them, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe uh, give a hundred bucks here and there to the kingdom of God. Yeah. I don't know. Right. And that's that reluctance, you know, that, that man, think about how much God has done for you. You can absolutely contribute. And again, this, this leads to like, can you be generous if you don't have money? Yeah, mm-hmm. because you still have time. You still have treasures. Like, oh, I've only got a one-bedroom house. Well, maybe somebody needs a place to stay for a little bit. Is it going to be uncomfortable for you? Yeah, but you can still be generous with your possessions. You can still be generous with your time, right? Like That generosity isn't bound to just rich people, right? Hey, I need a rich person to pay my bills. No, you need to work because those who don't work don't eat, right? You need to contribute to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And even if you're poor— you can still be generous, right? Uh, and I, there's this statistic that if you have change in your pocket, you're in like the top 70% of the richest people in the world or something like that. Yeah. Like you don't realize the impact that you can have. You know, like we, we have a, uh, we do Compassion International, a, a girl that for the past four years or so, her name is Sheil. She's out there in the Philippines, $43 a month. But that gives her medical care, food, um, education, all that kind of stuff. $43. Like, we spend more of that each week on coffee, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we seem to think that unless I have a lot, I can't give anything. And you have no idea how far a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars can go. I mean, even, I mean, so let's take our building. I actually did the math not too long ago to pay off our building at $62 a square foot, 62 bucks. That's a, that's a video game. Literally. You know, um, that, that we don't realize the impact. And again, like think about the five loaves and the two fish. Like if, if you think about the little boy and that's, that's all he had, this is what I've got. I've got, I've got five loaves, I've got two fish. It's not a lot. We got thousands of people here, but here you go. And then you trust Jesus with, with, with what you have 
what did he do man he fed, fed the fed, he fed the thousands you know mm -hmm. uh, multiple times that happened yep. and, and you know i think when we're willing to just open our hands and say god i don't have a lot of time but i ask that you would use it for your purposes i don't i don't really have a lot of treasure but i ask that you would you would show me how to use my treasures for your kingdom purposes and especially with our money like god you have given me these things this is how caitlin and i view our our house right we want to have an open door policy with our home because our home is a gift from God that we can use for ministry, right? Whether it's fancy or not, right? Um, if you're open-handed and you're asking God, God, how can I use this generously? How would you want me to use my time? How would you want me to use my talents? Mm -hmm. How would you want you, me to use my treasures? And just be willing to, to respond to his answer. And again, like you mentioned faith. I mean, I'm going to have you go on that. Like, what does this have to say about your faith? I think it's, like, huge. Because um, I think it is very, very easy for us, especially nowadays, to just, like, take every precaution and just, like, want to rely completely on ourselves. Um, but at the end of the day, you're going to meet things that are out of your hands completely. Um, and that's one of those things, like, with AI, it's like, I can rely on this AI to do all these things for me, but then what happens when the AI doesn't know what to do? Yeah. Now you're stuck with, it doesn't know how to solve that math problem. You have to do it now yeah. in order to pass this test. So how are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. um, but it's also one of those things where like, this world can only provide so much. And what are you going to do once it's out? It's all temporary. It's all things that are. Well, think about that. Like, I mean, you talked about time. Like, think about how many AI tools are out there for productivity. And you say that you don't have any time for ministry. I'm sorry. But maybe one of the best uses of AI is to free up your schedule a little bit so that way mm -hmm. you can serve in minutes, right? Like, and again, like don't become reliant on it, but, but if there are tools, if there's things that you can use to help you do more ministry, to help you do more of what God has called all of us to do, and, and that great yeah. commission is for everybody. We've got a question coming here in a little bit about your calling to ministry, man. Everybody is called to ministry. Not everybody is called to full-time vocational ministry. Not everybody is called to be a pastor. But every single follower of Jesus was given the Great Commission. So Absolutely. that means that all of us need to ask, God, what does that look like in my life? That maybe you haven't blessed me with money, but you've blessed me with time. You've blessed me with these talents. So mm -hmm. God, what does generosity look like in my life, right? And I can't tell you that. AI can't tell you that. Well, you've got to spend that time, right? And if you have faith, I love that you brought up faith because you cannot be generous if you don't have faith that God's going to take care of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's something that you just, just simple that you see and you show in your day to day. I'm like, one of the biggest things I can think of is like, sometimes you'll text me on a random weekend, like, Hey, can you just let Kilo out? And I'll be like, I'm not doing anything tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm not going to expect you to pay me. I'm not going to expect all these things. It's one of those things where you're my friend. I'm here. We're here to look out for each other. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to go let the dog out. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where I think I it builds that. huge relationships too. And it really, that you see those, that growth. Um, and without that faith, without that actually giving of your time, your treasures, your efforts, if you want to build something or get to know something, you have to put time into it. Well, and, and faith is not wondering if God's going to take care of you. Faith is that I, I know mm -hmm. that God's going to like, and again, it's that confidence that like, ah. Uh, I don't know. Again, that's the reluctance. Like faith is like, no, I know because God has provided for me every single time. I, I know the stories in the Bible are true. So I have every reason to trust God. I don't have any reason to doubt him. And faith is that confidence of knowing that God's going to provide for you. And I love that you brought up reciprocity. I love that you brought up the fact that one of the things that violates generosity is if you expect something in return. Yeah. Right. Like, like I'm going to give to this, but I'm not going to let you forget about it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people like that in the church that like, you don't know how long I've been a member here. And they feel like they've, they're owed something, right? Like, you don't know how much I've given to this. And that's such a selfish view. Like, you don't give yeah. to receive. Nope. You give to give. Like, you give to be generous. You don't know how much time I spent in the kids' ministry when I could have been in the sanctuary. Yeah, that's great. That doesn't sound like a very cheerful person, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I love that you brought up reciprocity. It's definitely the, the faith is the act of believing. It's like, you can believe all you want. Like I can believe this chair is going to hold me up. And, but until I actually sit on it, that's like faith. It's yeah. someone that's, that's that pursuit, that act of you actually doing something about your believing. Yeah. That trust in action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can say, yeah, I'm going to trust God all day, but until I actually 
pursue it and actually one day put myself in a situation where I have to, it's it becomes now words. Your actions speak louder than words. Yeah, it's kind of like the if you pray for patience, God's going to give you an opportunity to be mm-hmm. patient, right? Um, if you pray to be more generous, God's going to give you opportunities to be generous. If you're praying, God, what would you have me do? And He's going to give you opportunities to do ministry. And and that that's a good a, a transition, I guess, um, because you know. Should we be generous? Yeah, absolutely. God values generosity. Um, generosity is something that should distinguish us from the rest of the world. We live in a very selfish world, very tight-fisted world, a very me-centered world, mm-hmm. right? And the church is supposed to be others-centered, right? Like, like I talked to somebody about this last night, but uh, Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. But then he says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how is loving your neighbor as yourself like that? Because the way you love others is a direct reflection of the way you love God. But also it's a direct reflection of the way that you understand God's love for you. That if God loves me in this way, I'm going to seek to love others that way. That if God sacrificed for me in this way, Mm -hmm. I'm going to sacrifice. If God forgave me, I'm going to forgive others, right? And so again, like your the, the way you view other people has a direct correlation to the way you view God. That I can tell you all day until I'm blue in the face that I trust God to provide for me. You're going to know by the way I live my life. You know? Mm-hmm. If you want to reflect God, you have to put him in the mirror, not yourself. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, we're talking about relationships. And, and, and a lot of those questions are just like, hey, you know, we're wanting to do this well. Like, how do we do that? I mean, talk about relationships of your your sole purpose on this earth is not marriage, Right. And if you're in college and you're listening to this, it's the age old ring by spring. Like, oh man, it's I'm a senior, it's spring, and I'm not engaged. Like, we got it, something's wrong. Like, I'm no, wrong. like your purpose on this earth is not to get married, and you're only supposed to be a married. I love the quote that at the moment of your marriage, you'll either double your effectiveness for Christ or, or cut, cut it in half. half. Um, marriage exists to make you twice as effective. It's not two halves becoming whole. It's two holes becoming twice as effective. When Eve was made, it was still when there was perfection. Adam was totally perfect on his own doing God's work. Mm -hmm. He was fully effective, but it just wasn't good. It wasn't good for him to be alone. And so God made for him a what? A helper, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, that this is, we share the same purpose and the same calling, which we'll get to in a second. I think it's one of the coolest things too with that is with like Eve, um, God gave to Adam to help him emotionally more than physically too which i think was one of those really cool things is like he just saw that he was lonely and he just wanted to give him that comfort and that helper yeah um but i think it was really cool too in like some of the um translations for helper in like the original hebrew is like it's actually translated as like life saver which i thought was really cool too um because it's like one of those things where it's a display of god's love for us in the church where it's like jesus loves the church so much he'd die for it it's that same display of marriage it clearly shows and reflects god's love for us it's like your wife you're to die to just like jesus died for the church and it's like one of those things are yeah Yeah. it's super cool well and i mean all of us should seek to be like barnabas and barnabas is a person in the bible and literally his name barnabas he's given that name because it literally means son of encouragement right Mm -hmm. like he's just a generous person like if you were if you were going to like, what would the church name you son or daughter of what, right? Like if just off of the way you live your life, like what word would, would be assigned to you? Like, mm-hmm. I, I would hope that it's like son of faith or son of encouragement or, or son of godliness or son of, um, Mine's Yahweh son of love, like whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. But like <laughs> what, I mean, based off of the way you live your life, not what you say, but based off of the way you live, what word would people assign to you in the church? And like, that's a, that's a, uh, hopefully you're happy with that answer, you know? Um, we should all seek to be sons of encouragement, daughters of encouragement, daughters and sons of generosity. Um, and that kind of leads to the questions that we got last night. This one came from Sky, um, and she said, what spiritually becomes one when you get married? Um, and she she kind of asked the question because, you know, the, the, the Bible says that the two become one flesh. So obviously what becomes one is your flesh, okay, mm-hmm. which we won't get into. But, um, but spiritually what becomes one? Because it's one Holy Spirit. It's not like all of us have like a little Holy Spirit. And then they like meiosis into one Holy Spirit. Like that's not what it's talking about. You have capital S Spirit. <laughs> I just pictured okay? like two cells and it was just like. <laughs> yeah. You have capital S Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And then you have lowercase Spirit and that's our Spirit, right? Um, and ours isn't holy. 
So what becomes one? Your co- like your purpose, your spiritual purpose becomes one. That that mm-hmm. that you, they're a believer in Jesus and a pursuer of Jesus, but they're also running at the same pace, but then in the same direction. Yeah. And and what you notice is that when God made a helper for Adam, what they had in in common was their spiritual purpose. That they they were both shared the same spiritual purpose. And this goes to the calling question with Reagan too: is you have to work on yourself spiritually to understand where God is calling you to be. Mm-hmm. And everyone's called to ministry. Not everyone's called to full-time vocational ministry. Not everyone's called to be a teacher or a pastor. But everybody was given the Great Commission. And so you need to develop on your own in Christ-likeness. This, uh, Jeremiah's question is, is reading the Bible and praying together completely out of the question when you're dating? No, right? Like that doesn't mean you absolutely can't pray together with your girlfriend or boyfriend. That doesn't mean that you absolutely can't read the Bible together. But that cannot be your only spiritual pursuit. That that if I'm going to read the Bible with my girlfriend, I'm going to read the Bible eight times on my own. If I'm going to pray with my girlfriend one time, I'm going to pray 900 times on my own. That that my main focus should always be my Christ-likeness, of of my sanctification, of becoming more like Jesus. And and I love that this, if you think of, of a triangle... That that we're each on one corner and Jesus is at the top. As we pursue Jesus, we are we are naturally becoming closer, mm-hmm. right? And that's because that Jesus is a perfect relationship: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternally bound together. They are, that Jesus is perfect in relationship. And so, as we pursue Him, what does the Great Commandment say? You naturally understand how to pursue others, how mm-hmm. to view others. That the way you love God informs the way you approach others, right? And that includes your dating relationships. That that the best thing for you isn't, hey, what do you want to read together? The best thing for you is, what are you reading? Oh, that's awesome. I love that you're growing in godliness as a woman. This is what I'm reading. This is how I'm growing godly as a man. Now, that doesn't mean you absolutely can't read the Bible together. But remember, what is unified at the moment of your marriage? It's your spiritual purpose. Yeah. Well, if you don't develop in your own sanctification, asking God what he's calling you to do. You're not going to be do, ready. No. Yeah. I think it's huge. It's like... Definitely, when I think of it, I think of it like a reverse fork in the road. It's like we're both on, you have to be on your own paths. And if you're not pursuing that path, you're not going to ultimately meet mm-hmm. to join paths. Um, like marriage is the, it's just, it's that race where like you're hot in pursuit for the Lord, but then he just bumps someone up right next to you. And now you're both right after it. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if you're ultimately not already running and chasing the Lord, it's not, it's going to be a hindrance. It's going to be well, one and- of those things that's, you are pursuing the Lord together. And that's one of the biggest things too, is like, I see so many friends get in relationships and they immediately take that time with her more than anything. Yes. And it's like, I understand you're trying to be selfless. You're trying to get to know yeah, them more. Know. Absolutely. Sure. Um, but one of the things I see so much, especially with guys, especially godly guys, is they immediately drop their guys Bible study. They immediately drop their time with their dudes. And they're just like, their girl is now their ultimate reliance on everything when it's like in life, you're going to deal with experiences that only a guy is going to understand. Yeah. You're and vice versa for her. Yeah, absolutely. You're not gonna be able to help her with girl things. No, she's not gonna be able to help you with guy things. That's why it's so important when you are independent and you're not bonded by marriage yet, that you have to be spiritually founded in Christ, not them. Your identity is not in them. Um, but it's well, and also you're the one preparing for marriage, mm-hmm. right? Like you, it's not like we're preparing to be married. No, you're preparing for marriage. So like I said, like all dating relationships are preparation for marriage, but that doesn't mean every dating relationship has to end in marriage because yeah. you're going to evaluate things, right? You're going to learn about people. And then with Reagan's question, what do you do if you think you're called to ministry? As you continue to, to grow in your own sanctification, your own Christ likeness, you might start feel called to ministry. And that's why we talked about the clarity of an exit. Like in every relationship, you have to be able to be comfortable saying like, hey, if at any time you realize that we're not heading in the same direction, it's okay. Because what happens if you're dating someone and in that personal development of my Christ likeness separate from her, just me becoming closer to, to Christ, he calls you to ministry, mm-hmm. right? Vocational ministry. And, and, and he's called to ministry and he feels called to do ministry in the church in America and you feel called to be a missionary in China. Like, yes, you're both godly people running uh, at, in the same or at, at the same pace. You both believe in Jesus, you pursue him, and you're running at the same pace, but you're in totally different directions. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. And again, if you look at Ephesians 5, I mean, husbands, love your wives as, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You have to understand the love of Jesus, not the love of Jesus in a dating relationship. You need to become more like Jesus 
right? And so in reality, the best thing you can do for your relationship is focus your whole life. And that doesn't end when you're married, by the way. No, that's but the focus your whole, life your whole life in your sanctification that I understand how to love people, including my spouse, mm -hmm. more as I get closer to Jesus, not as I get closer to her yeah. right? or closer to him. And that's so important because, again, like, what is your main focus? I think and it's it, huge because, like, we last Thursday when we did our guys' breakfast, we were talking about listening. And it was, like, one of the biggest things Ed, like, talked about. He's like, dude, I'm still working on it. And you're like, as a young Christian, I can be like, dude, I'm going to master it at one point. Yeah. And I'm gonna be like, I'm going to get it. But then I look at Ed, and he's like, I'm still working on it. And it's one of those things where, like, it's that big perspective that you're like, this isn't something I'm just going to master one day. It's something I'm going to have to work on every Constantly. single day. Yeah. Um, to constantly pursue God every single day. And it's one of those things that amounts to like complacency kills. It's like the moment that we're like, oh, I'm close enough to the Lord that I'm okay. You're, you're going to get checked. Yeah. Well, and that leads to our last question too from Reagan is what do, you, what do you do if you think you may be called to ministry? Again, everybody's called to ministry in some facet. Mm -hmm. That might be volunteering in, in kids' ministry. That might be going on a short-term missions trip, or it may be going into full-time ministry. What do you do? Man, how often are you talking to God about it? Like, how often are you talking to God about it? Who do you have pouring into your life um, that's already in ministry that felt that call, right? Yeah. Like, confirming that call in you because you can't confirm that call in isolation. So what godly people that are older than you spiritually have you talked to about that call that are pouring into you? And are you willing to serve? Because a lot of people are like, man, I feel, I feel called to be a worship pastor. Well, if you feel called to be a worship pastor, you might not be doing worship ministry the whole time. So if you feel called to do ministry, one of the telltale signs is, are you willing to do whatever's needed? That doesn't mean it's going to be fun. That doesn't mean you're going to giggle. But is there something in you that you can't explain where you just have this willingness and drive to fill the need that ministries and churches have? Mm -hmm. are, you, are you just naturally generous with your time and talents? And, and again, like it just kind of, it might be a really bad situation, but I just have this, this, this diligence in me. And then secondly, how do you feel when you consider other things? Like if you consider a life, like maybe you're like, well, oh, but I want to pursue a doctor. How does that feel? Like if you consider doing anything other than that ministry, does it kind of feel okay in your mind or does it make you feel sick? Because again, a call on full-time vocational ministry is undeniable. Yeah. And so if you feel that, man, you feel it in your gut and you're like, man, I know that I'm going to get other people to can like, is this true? Like I feel called here. Do you see that in me? And if they say yes, you're like, man, I'm, I'm super scared, but but I'm just going to trust God with that. I'm going to be open-handed and open-hearted on whatever that needs. Uh, the need needs to be filled. Like, don't ever ask the question, like, can I serve? Uh, I, I only want to serve on the worship ministry. We don't need any people in the worship ministry, but will you serve in kids? I don't really kids. Well, that's a telltale sign that you're not called to ministry because you're not always going to serve in the area that you're gifted. Yeah, that's true. Um, I will say, like, knowing your spiritual gifts is a good place to start. Mm. But one of the biggest things is, like, I found out really quickly too because I was like going into like pursuing MMA and wanting to do that full like just professionally and then I got gut checked that I was like this isn't my calling where the Lord's taking me um, and it's finding that difference between your calling and your work because God often provides um, in places that aren't always ultimately our calling yes we should look to pursue God in everywhere we are yeah absolutely everywhere we are in your work pursue God in it because otherwise it's pointless but also like sometimes we have areas that we need to pay the bills we need to do things um and work is work and you're gonna have days that you're like this just sucks and i don't want to do this but you you look to that ministry and that's what's going to help push you through it and you do those things um but when like i was looking to pursue ministry i was like all right i want to start getting into a seminary and start looking to pursue and i was like well i know i'm really good with youth and like music and i was like i want to do either youth or like praise or something tech anything like that um and then now here I am leading men's ministry and it's one of those like hidden passions I never knew I really had. And now like, I love it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, I was just like, so focused like on what I was good at. I yeah. knew how to connect with kids. I knew how to connect with the youth. I'm easy. That was a comfort area for me. Music. I played music my whole life. I'm good at that. I can excel at that. That was a comfort area. But then I slowly started to see through the people in my life that God had for a reason were slowly edging me and pushing me to a place that, I was uncomfortable with, and yeah. that was with adult men that I was like, I didn't see myself equal to. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I just knew that like, God was like, Hey, yeah. see a need, fill the need. And it was like, okay. 
So we're going to see how this works. Well, and again, like that discomfort's a good place to be because it requires you to rely on God. Like mm -hmm. that's always a good spot because again, if you're overly confident, you're going to rely on yourself. Yeah. God will always, uh, I mean, look at all of the different stories in the Bible where people felt ill-equipped to do what God is calling them to do. And that was actually the, the blessing because yeah. it was a way of them saying like, all right, God, if, if, if this is going to be happening, if you're calling me to this, you're going to have to do it, right? And this is where I would encourage you, Reagan or whoever might feel called to ministry, make sure you don't think, and I've talked with you about this, but don't confuse passions for callings. Yeah. Like we have a lot of passions, right? Um, and don't confuse vocation for calling. Like, I feel called to be a worship pastor. N no, because eventually you will retire from the church. You will retire from a yep. specific vocation, from a specific job, but your calling never ends, right? And so again, like, you fulfill that calling in maybe different jobs, right? And just because you're pa like, I'm passionate about history. That doesn't mean I'm called to be a, a history teacher, right? Yeah. So make sure that your your passion, you know what you're passionate about. But but again, are you willing to do that on your absolute worst day? If it's a calling, yes, you 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 have that inward that that inner diligence to just keep moving. It's something that's informed by God, not by you. It's something that's confirmed by others outside of just you, and it's again something that you can't explain. That that it's like that if I can consider anything else, it feels wrong. And and again, like we can be passionate about things without it being our calling. We can be passionate Absolutely. about things without it being our job. God gives us passions, things that we love, our hobbies. That doesn't mean we have to do it for a living. Mm -hmm. So so really ask that question is, all right, is this a passion? Or on the worst day, am I willing to, to push through this? And I can't explain why. Yeah. That's, that's one of the ways, you know, and then have people outside of you confirm that. I think a big thing too is when you're pursuing ministry, um, don't expect to be a Paul on day one or yeah. day two. Um, yes, there, I think I fully believe that there is qualifications for ministry. Like you shouldn't just grab somebody off the street. They just believed in Jesus. Now they're teaching ministry. Um, I mean, Paul stepped away for three years. It's just one of those went. things where also like, don't expect yourself to be Paul, like right off the bat. Um, it's going to take time to build. Like I'm learning every single day now. And it's super cool that I love learning things new every single day. And that's one thing I love about men's ministry is I have guys from every area of life and every area of ministry, I have guys that are never been a professional Christian, and then I have guys that literally have been doing it their entire lives. And you get that perspective and that guidance, and it's like you just have the opportunity to be a sponge. Um, but the more you can soak it up and just really take it and just keep going with it and pursuing the Lord, it's just going to be awesome. Um, so arrived. don't ever let it discourage you. Like if you meet somebody that's like theologically super intelligent, don't try to compete with them or compare yourself, but learn. Yeah, learn as much as you can. Learn. And realize that you'll never arrive, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to be Jesus, so you're never going to arrive. And don't expect, too, it's like you're being called to ministry. You're like, all right, I'm ready to be a full-time pastor, head church pastor. You're like, let's take it slow. You still have to meet those qualifications, and right. people have standards. When Paul was um, had his encounter on the road with Jesus, he still stepped away yeah. to be with the disciples for three years. Yeah, even God has standards for things. Yes. So oh, you have to first meet those and pursue. It has to be that want to grow and learn every day and pursue him every day. Like, I'm not going to master listening right off the bat. I'm going to have to pursue it my entire life. Well, hey, thank you so much for your questions. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think we've got some stuff that we're going to talk about next week already oh, yeah. on the docket. and talking about some social media next week. So make sure you check back in. Uh, follow us on social media at NextGenLHC, and we'd love to catch you next time. As far as this time, we're signing, Dude, signing out. See you guys next time. Hey, thank you all. <laughs> <laughs>